there. Happy Masterful Living. Happy Week 2 of Building Trust and Faith. I'm Jennifer Hadley, your host for the session. And I'm just so grateful that I get to share this material, this truth teaching, and the practical application of building trust and faith because it means so much to me. It is so deeply and profoundly valuable to me. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. So let us begin with a prayer. And I'm going to demonstrate, uh, based on our prayer power classes, a simple opening prayer and a blessing for our class. So in this simple opening prayer, following the G-O-D-S method of prayer that I discuss in my prayer power classes, I'll be following those steps to bless our time together and to call for the highest and best in our class. And simply that, it's an opening prayer. So we take a breath of love and gratitude together, and I invite everyone to place their hand on their heart as a symbol of our willingness to be wholehearted. We're surrendering the habits of only paying lip service to our spiritual awakening, and we're opening our hearts and minds to true liberation, true freedom. True forgiveness, true compassion, we partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. And we consciously call the name of God, beloved I am, that I am. So grateful and so thankful to recognize the infinite love of God is all that we are and all that we ever will be. So grateful and so thankful to recognize the good that is our inheritance. We're already as holy as holy can be. So we're opening ourselves to the awareness that we need do nothing. And we're surrendering all belief and lack and limitation. I bless our time together. I call upon the ancestors. I call upon the company of heaven and all that is holy to support our awakening, to support our healing. We are willing to know the truth that sets us free. What I declare is that our time together is profoundly nourishing. We are literally transcending time and space to join together for a holy purpose. What I know is that our aspiration and our intention of healing is being met by the infinite. We're grateful and thankful to share the benefits of our healing and our expansion with everyone. We allow our healing to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Beautiful. Thank you for joining. All right. Well, in these classes, I have so much that I would like to share. I'm going to jump right to it. Okay. So 
in our class last week, we were talking about the negative use of faith and looking at our lives, seeing what's working, what's not working, and recognizing that the evidence of where we place our faith is right in front of us. The evidence of where we place our faith, we can feel it in every moment of every day. So we are literally replacing the habits of investing our faith in the negative and we are replacing it with investing our faith in the positive, which is love, which is God, which is the infinite. So we're grateful and thankful to do that together. Right here, right now. Also last week, I shared about when our prayer does not seem to work. It means that our faith is misplaced. And we've taken our prayer off the altar and we're trying to work our will, even if we don't know it. So trust is what we do in the realm of time and space in order to build a faith. So if you look at your life, you can see where your trust is by seeing how well your life is working and how harmonious and expansive you feel. The more harmony, the more ease, the more grace you're experiencing, the more you can notice that your trust is in love. And that's where your focus and your attention is. So, upset, when we're feeling upset, upset, just to review from last week, it shows that we've placed our trust and faith in our opinions and judgments. So, in A Course in Miracles, lesson number five tells us we're never upset for the reason we think. And isn't that a wonderful thing to know? I'm never upset for the reason I think. And it says in lesson five, this idea, like the preceding one in lesson number four, can be used with any person, situation, or event you think is causing you pain. Apply it specifically to whatever you believe is the cause of your upset. Using the description of that feeling in whatever term seems accurate for you. The upset may seem to be fear, worry, depression, anxiety, anger, hatred, jealousy, or any number of forms, all of which will be perceived as different. This is not true. However, until you learn that form does not matter, each form becomes a proper subject for the exercises for this day. Applying the same idea to each of them separately is the first step in ultimately recognizing they are all the same. When using for the idea for today, for a specific, 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 spec
form in which you see the upset and the cause which you ascribe to it. For example, and I'm going to fill in the blanks here, I am not angry at the president for the reason I think. I am not afraid of my neighbor for the reason I think. But again, this should not be substituted for practice periods in which you first search your mind for sources of upset in which you believe and forms of upset which you think result. In these exercises, more than in the preceding ones, you may find it hard to be indiscriminate and to avoid giving greater weight to some subjects than to others. It may help to precede the exercises with the statement, there are no small upsets. They are all equally disturbing to my peace of mind. So that's not the whole lesson, but that's uh, part of it. So I'm inviting you this week to practice that lesson from A Course in Miracles, which you don't need the workbook. You have it right there. Do it every day this week. When you notice you're upset, I'm never upset for the reason I think. It's so helpful. So this goes in tandem with earlier teachings I've given you about getting in the gap and the divine alarm clock. So just to review those very succinctly here, whenever we believe something that's not true, which means we believe our opinion, our judgment, or our perception, all of which are the meaning that we have made of things, when we believe that to be true, when in fact it is not true, it will be the cause of our upset. And there is no little or big in upset. We we think, well, I just feel a minor irritation now. But the fact of the matter is, I'm believing something that's not true. If I'm feeling terrified, I'm still believing something that's not true. So it's it's very valuable to recognize that big or small doesn't matter because in healing your mind, you can work with the little ones and the big ones will disappear. So big or little is really something of the ego because the ego is always looking at things and going, this is better, this is worse, that comparison factor. But truth is truth. Healing is healing. So that's what we're looking for. We're looking. We become actively interested in looking for all the little upsets or the big upsets, the upsets that we are experiencing them, experiencing because those are our tools for our healing. Now, the divine alarm clock, remember, is when you believe something that's not true, you feel irritated, frustrated, angry, upset, sad, depressed, hurt, any kind of negative emotion. When you believe something that's not true, you will always feel some kind of upset. Remember in Chapter 2 in the Fear and Conflict section, it tells us that all thought produces form at some level. Form is our feelings. Form is the situations and circumstances of our life. 
Form is even our thoughts. So all thought produces form at some level. And when we feel that upset, no matter how slight it is, it's an opportunity for us to heal a negative pattern or to reinforce it and make it real. So, for instance, what happened earlier today? Okay, so I was placing my cup in the cup holder in my car and it didn't fit. And I, let's see if I can remember the thought I had. The thought I had was something like, of course it doesn't fit. And maybe in an older version of the pattern, the next thought would have been, it never works the way I want it to. Is that what I'd like to experience more of? Frustration and irritation because the coffee cup does not fit the cup holder. And by the way, I don't understand why the people who make the cups and the people who make the cup holders can't talk to each other and come to some kind of agreement. I don't understand that. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. But um, it, it used to really bother me and irritate me. So, and I have an old car, and in my old car, hardly any of the cups fit. <laughs> it's like, what? So, uh, I just laugh about it. But um, I use my cup holders for other things. Um, in newer cars, they seem to be more um, forgiving or whatever. But anyway, so you see, I had an old pattern here. And and I used to energize these kinds of thoughts all day long. It's like, oh, you see, everything's working against me. Now, when I, it seems like, okay, that's not going the way I'd like it to go, the cup is not fitting in the cup holder, I affirm, oh, like I heard my thought, I heard the thought, the old thought pattern, of course it doesn't work, something like that. And I immediately went, into gratitude that I heard the old pattern so I didn't have to affirm it and make it real and strengthen it so I experience it again and again and again instead I could say oh there's that old pattern I'm so grateful I saw it everything works together for my good all things work together for my good so that's my affirmation and I experience that so much. I still have all kinds of places in my life where things are giving me an opportunity to strengthen my mind, to be more peaceful, to be more loving, to be more compassionate. And I accept them all as my strengtheners, my answered prayer. I used to think of them as things I had to deal with and things I had to work through and now I really take them as mind strengtheners and my answered prayer. So it's a real flip to think that everything, including getting in a car accident, whatever it is, is working together for my good. But that is the teaching of A Course in Miracles, and we'll get into that a little bit later. So the divine alarm clock to me is, and this is also talked about in Fear and Conflict, that section in Chapter 2 of A Course in Miracles, which is why I suggest that people read it once a week on a regular basis. It's only a couple of pages, and there's so much clarity in there. And one of the things that Jesus 
says in there, it's a, you, you might not catch it the first time you read it. But in there he says, basically, you don't want me to take the fear and the upset away from you. You think you do, but you don't. Because if you didn't feel afraid or upset in some form or fashion, when your thinking is not truthful, when your thinking is aligned with the ego, you'll feel upset. And if you didn't, you would have no way out of the hell that you have made. It is those feelings of upset that are the discordancy, the irritation, the upset, it's really the best word for it, that, or the pain that pushes us to make a better choice. So this is why we give thanks that we recognize that we're upset. So we don't necessarily have to give thanks for the upset. We don't give thanks necessarily for the um, pain. But we give thanks that we've recognized what it's for. I'm never upset for the reason I think. I'm upset because I'm believing something that's not true. I'm so grateful that I can recognize this pattern is up for my healing. I'm interested in the healing. I'm choosing the healing now. So this pattern, this belief, this thought that I am tempted to re-energize again, I'm going to give it to the Holy Spirit for healing. I'm not interested in, in investing my precious thought, time, energy, and belief in affirming this negative pattern anymore. I am calling for a healing. I'm calling the name of God, beloved I am that I am. And as it says in Lesson 183, I'm calling the name of God. The angels will surround me. They will sing a song to me so that I hear the song of God rather than the ego's soundtrack of suffering. I'm so grateful for the upset that is waking me up to the patterns of suffering so that I can have a healing. Now, one of the things that is a real trait of mastery is that you're able to look at everything as working together for your good. And I do mean everything. Now, that is not an easy thing to do. It's very simple, but it is in no way easy. It is That's why it's so masterful. So... The thing for most of us to recognize is how much time, effort, and money have you invested in studying truth teachings, in going to therapy, in trying to get some help, buying books, taking classes, on and on and on. How much time, energy, and money have you invested in just trying to feel better about yourself, just trying to get a clue, just trying to stop repeating the same 
mistakes. How much have you invested in that? So much time, energy, and money. And now is a divine opportunity right in front of you for your healing. Will you accept it or will you reject it? I know for myself, I rejected the same opportunities thousands and thousands and thousands of times. I know. I saw it over and over and over again. And I chose the upset. And why did I do that? Well, it's that unconscious guilt that A Course in Miracles talks about. That unconscious guilt that I forgot to choose love. So now I believe I need to be punished. And I'm going to take the punishment right now. For so many years, I thought that the only power I had was to suffer. As though God and other people, uh, that somebody was watching how much I was suffering and they might intercede and say, oh, for God's sakes, that's enough. We've got to help her. She's just going to get worse and worse and worse if we don't intercede. But that's not how God works. We have the opportunity to choose our suffering or our healing. So this is why I say the pain of choosing to energize the same patterns with our thoughts and beliefs again and again pushes us to choose our healing until we are willing to live from inspiration. So this is why in, in Master of Living, one of the books that we're reading is Zero Limits, and we'll be talking about that at a future time. But it very much has to do with our healing. So just give me a moment here. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to place my trust in the invisible. Something's coming here. So in each moment, we can choose to be motivated by the pain which really is being motivated by the ego, or we can choose to be inspired by the spirit. So that divine alarm clock going off, that emotional, physical, and mental upset, those three kinds of upset, are letting us know we can choose again. Upset shows that we've placed our trust and faith in our opinions. So I've given you that healing prescription to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self to call the name of God to make an offering of the thought pattern the belief even if you don't know what it is it doesn't matter the willingness to surrender it is what's key whatever this pattern is whatever the belief is I'm no longer interested in investing it in it please take it out of my mind so I don't invest in it anymore. And let anyone else who has this thought pattern have a healing as well. I am a creature of love and light. I am willing to be my true self. I choose to be still and know 
I am God. And so I can literally tell myself that. And I say, <clears throat> sometimes I see um, Jesus with the disciples in the boat, in the waters, and there's a storm. And the disciples are afraid and Jesus is peacefully sleeping. And then when he wakes up and sees they're afraid, he stills the storm. And I think of that, that the waters are the emotional upset. And that we can use our mind to still the storm. The thing, one of the things that Jesus tells us in A Course in Miracles is he says, you're far too tolerant of mind wandering. Far too tolerant of it. So the mind wandering is, I'm feeling upset because I don't have enough money to pay my bills. So then I start thinking, oh, then this and this and this and this and all the other things I don't wish to have happen. And I do not wish to energize, but I start thinking about them and feeling upset as though they're real. So, for instance, I remember once I had a client that asked me, they said, Jennifer, how is it that you are so faithful? How how is it that you have this strong faith? And this was many years ago when my faith was nowhere what it is now. But anyway, I said, um, you know, I, I had this vision of myself as a spiritual light being. And I thought it's going to take me a thousand lifetimes to actually be that true light being that I truly am. But I don't care. I'm moving in that direction. I'm just putting one thought in front of another, like one foot in front of another, knowing that the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. This is my step now. This is my step now. And where I began, that was back in the 80s, 1980s, so long time ago, 30 years ago, I thought, you know, it's going to take me a thousand lifetimes to get there, but I don't care. That's what I'm interested in. And now uh, my aspiration is to attain enlightenment in this lifetime. And I definitely know that it's possible. I know that it's possible. I'm not just wishing and hoping. I know it. So that's where my attention is on doing that, waking up. And I I don't entertain a thought that I can't wake up because I know that it's possible. But 30 years ago, I thought it would take a thousand lifetimes. I don't think that anymore. So my mind has shifted. So I'm grateful when the patterns of upset show themselves. I'm authentically grateful because I know this is my answered prayer. I do not wish the patterns of upset to be invisible because are unknown to me because then I can't have call for the healing. Now, as you may have heard me say before, I also say to the higher Holy Spirit self, if I need to look at some memory or some part of this pattern in order to liberate, then show it to me, make it plain with ease and grace. 
Now, I do this with my heart. I'm not just paying lip service. I'm in it with my heart. So that's the thing. Because sometimes students will say, you know, I do that all the time. Somebody said to me recently that they say, um, you know, I don't want to think about that anymore. They had heard me talk about this practice. I don't want to think about that anymore. And I said, well, that's really not what I'm saying, not that I don't want to think about it in it anymore. I'm really saying I'm not interested in investing myself in it anymore, which is different than I don't want to think about it anymore. I'm offering it for healing. I'm not asking it to be pushed out of my awareness. I'm asking for, I'm asking myself, my higher self, to support my healing. So we can energize the story, which is the old negative pattern that's coming up for healing, or we can choose our divinity. So for me, I think of it as, Am I interested in my story, my old story, or God's infinite glory? Now, I had a very, very strong pattern in my mind of wanting to be right. And in so, I wrote a blog about this the other day that um, some of you were talking about in the community call. And the community calls are so beautiful. Well done, you. Well done, you. Anybody who's not listening to the community calls, sometimes I get you don't feel interested in listening to them or it becomes a burden, too many things to listen to in one week. So no requirement to listen to them. No, you should listen to them, but just that they're really beautiful and inspiring, and I love listening to them. So thank you. Uh, But I used to have a very strong pattern of wanting to be right. And I was willing to be right even if I had to make sacrifices. Like I would ruin my day in order to be right. Oh, in a heartbeat, I would ruin my day. I would make myself miserable and I would literally destroy a friendship in order to be right. No question. Why would I do that except that I felt so wrong that I couldn't bear to have the thought I was wrong? And I notice how little children routinely, uh, like my nieces and my nephews, goddaughter and her sister and all the little kids that are around me, will have a pattern of, and you may notice with little kids around you, that sometimes when you say something like, you just state a fact. Little kids will say, no, they're not. I'm like, really? I'm wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. I'm like, you don't even have any world experience to know that I'm wrong. Like, <laughs> And they're speaking as though they're right about things that they have never even heard of before. And I always find it comical when that happens. Because it just reminds me of how the ego is and how I used to be. And so uh, it's funny, you know, it's just I had such a willingness to suffer in order to be right. And so think about for yourself, where does that come from? Start to be really willing to notice how you actively Cause yourself pain and upset by the choices that you make, by the thoughts that you think, 
by the beliefs that you invest in and energize with your time, energy, and attention, your conversation. Like, if you're feeling like a victim in any way, shape, or form in any area of your life, do you feel tempted to go to your friends or your loved ones or your coworkers and tell them your sad story of how you're a victim? If you do that, why are you doing it? Really open your mind and start asking yourself, why do I feel I need to tell them about my suffering? Why am I doing that? Unless I believe it and I'm making it true, I'm making it real. Why would I do that unless I somehow thought it gave me something of value? So one of the ways I began to look at it is I started to look at, would I do that to someone I love? So in our relating to other people, we can be loving, we can be compassionate, we can be empathetic, or we can be sympathetic. Sympathetic is when we look at someone, we go, oh, you poor thing, how you suffer. It's a pity party kind of a comment. That's when we have sympathy for someone. When we have sympathy for someone, we are energizing something bad has happened to them that is not for their good, and they are to be pitied. It might seem like an exaggeration, but it helps me to move out of sympathy. Now, empathy, and I say this about empathy as someone who is literally an empath. I'm extremely empathic. So I've had to train myself not to feel what everybody else is feeling around me and empathize with it because when I empathize with people and how they're feeling, then instead of one person feeling upset, two people are feeling upset. I'm joining them in feeling upset and I'm validating their upset and the causes of upset and there's no good that can come from that truly except that I might have an experience of pain and suffering that would push me to stop choosing that. So I, I don't want to learn that way anymore. I'm tired of learning that way. It's exhausting, and it's not necessary. So compassion is being able to look at someone who appears to be suffering and have loving understanding. It's also about having compassion is also, in my mind, really knowing that this is working together for their good and that they have within them and around them the resources for their healing and that healing is happening now. That's love. And compassion to me is an expression of love. So when I have love and compassion for any situation or any being, I am placing my trust and faith in love. In God. So trust and faith can be built and expressed through having love and compassion. So if I'm feeling like a victim and I've got my victim story and I want an audience to tell it to, I'm validating that victimhood. I'm saying, I'd like more of this, please. 
I would like more of this, please. This is what I am focusing my attention on. I'm making it real. I'm validating it. Now, what I realized was I, I in my program of loving myself free of suffering, in loving myself free of false identification, there's no place for me to tell my sad story of victimhood. Nothing is happening to me. Nothing is happening to me. That's not the world we live in. The world of cause and effect is not happening to me. It's happening by me, through me. Not to me. My thoughts and beliefs are producing the form, the experience, the feelings of my life. So by my life experience and how I feel about it, I can tell where my trust is. Is it in God or is it in the world? If I'm trying to change things in the world in order to feel better about myself, I've forgotten where the power is. The power is in my thinking, not in the world. And fortunately, we're all going to get it in the end. We're all moving in that direction. And fortunately, in this class, we're doing it together. So here's one way to really look at it. How would you talk to yourself? Self-talk is such an indication of where your trust and faith is. Remember, this is, these classes are about a practical application of truth teachings because, I'm just going to make a note here. Because, I was a teacher of cause and effect for years before I finally got it on a heart level. I understood it on an intellectual level, and I didn't even really allow myself to recognize I did not get it on a heart level. So the thing that turned everything around for me was I made a commitment to love myself free. And in loving myself free, I saw that I had to stop investing in my judgments and opinions and start placing my trust and faith in everything works together for my good. And I'd like to know how this could be so. How could it be that I would be in a car accident and it would be part of my good? How would it be, how could it be that my house would burn to the ground and that would be something happening for my good? How could it be that my mother would die a slow and painful death and that would be for my good? How could these things be that way? But when I was identified with the ego and with the victim and the one who's suffering, I was telling myself on some level to believe that I was being punished, that I was bad, that I was wrong, and that's why these things were happening to me. Life was happening to me. I was powerless. There's nothing I could do. Just keep working and managing and coping in form, which is a complete waste of time. 
Well, it's not a complete waste of time. It's just not the best use of time. And so I realized, oh, telling my tale of woe to my friend again and again and again is very much the same as if I ha had a child that I was caring for, that I loved, and I was responsible for them. And when I was with them and they were feeling sad and upset, lonely and afraid, for whatever reasons that they had thought they were feeling upset, lonely, and afraid, that I said to them, you know, you're right. These terrible things are happening to you. You are a victim. Yeah, you these you, these things are out of your control. You're helpless. Or, gosh, you're just going to keep being punished and punished and punished. And there's nothing you can do about it because you're a victim. I mean, obviously, if you knew better, if you could shift it, you would shift it. But you're so powerless, there's nothing you could do. That's, in effect, what I was telling myself when I gave myself permission to tell my tale of woe again and again and again. Now, I get that in our human experience, sometimes we just need to tell that tale to get it out, to disidentify with it, to, like, put it outside of us. And I understand that. And so I, I have a number of prayer partners, and my prayer partners are mostly highly experienced and trained ministers and practitioners and counselors. But I know that I can go to them and I can say, um, can I t talk with you about something that I'm experiencing, something that feels like it's happening to me? Can I share with you? And I'll share with them or they'll share with me. We don't make it real. But we allow ourselves to have our feelings. You know, like, oh, that's a bummer. Oh, and then what happened? We allow ourselves to have our feelings and express them. And then we go right into, okay, so let's heal the belief that's the root cause of this experience. I'm so grateful for my experience. And people who know me well know that I do that over and over and over again. Because I'm way more interested in the healing than I am in being right. Sometimes I definitely get irritated or frustrated. And I go right into divine alarm clock waking me up to my interest in choosing a wrong perception. Remember, A Course in Miracles tells us, I think it's lesson 190, pain is a wrong perception. Love is the healer. So I've learned to love myself in order to free myself from the causes of upset. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pause there and see if anybody has a question regarding this or an illustration regarding this. I really want to stay on the topic if at all possible. So star two to raise your hand. I'm going to see if anybody wrote in. Star two to raise your hand if you have anything you'd like to share on this topic. 
Sheila writes in, I've listened to your class with Regina Dawn Akers, and I'm a little confused about purification. What does this look like in form? Example, she said she was in a relationship with Laurent, and it was a great purification. Yes, if it was discussed a few other times during the podcast. Yes, there was an earlier radio show that I did with her on that. Oh, it was a Living Course of Miracles, maybe Living Course of Miracles number two or three. So the purification is exactly what I'm talking about, Sheila. When the, the negative thoughts come up in your mind over and over and over again, and you feel like, oh my God, I just, it's like compulsive negative thinking. That is purification right there. It's like a mental, de emotional detox. Diana writes in, Hi Jennifer, I've been saying the release and clear prayer and don't understand one statement. Yes, this often comes up. I accept even those who are unacceptable as unacceptable and go on my way. Isn't this a statement of judgment? You know what it is? It's really, sometimes we feel some things are unacceptable. I cannot accept that people torture animals cannot accept that but the thing is is it is happening by not accepting it you can say I, I don't wish to condone it but some things are just unacceptable to the mind or to the ego so we just allow it to be unacceptable without arguing for it or against it that's really what what that release and clear is about okay we got a lot of hands raised here so uh, here we go. Sushant. You might need Hi, to... Jennifer. Oh, hey, there you are. Hey. Hey. So, um, I've been having a lot of, a lot of healing, and I just wanted to thank you for it. Just like, it's been constant, like just crying and releasing and forgiveness work. Um, so it's really great. And the one thing that, you know, I'm so grateful for so many aspects of my life, like for the place that I live in, for the friends and community that I have, for my job, which I love, uh, this connection that I've had with my family and the healing with my past with different family members. And the one thing that keeps coming up for me is, like, prosperity. And I know that, you know, I feel like, like, I, I feel so blessed in literally, like, every area of my life. And I've been having lately, you know, certain uh, issues with money. And uh, I had this thought, and I was like, what if, like, the situation or the pattern that keeps coming up with money stays like that for the rest of my life, and it never changes? And how would I feel? And I just had this sense of peace come over me that was like, you know what, I would be fine because then I just would know that this is what is. It's just I, I'm in the isness of it and there's nothing to fight or nothing to to um, change. And so it brought me a lot of peace. And now, you know, when the when the pattern's coming up, I, I I'm aware of it, but I'm focusing in on the, all the other stuff, like how prosperous I feel in the other things. And I'm, I just think like also on the flip side that this won't stay like this forever because nothing stays the same and things change. 
So I'm tapping into also this excitement of like, you know, when I feel in terms of like that financial freedom and how great that is for you. So I'm tapping into that. But there's this little sort of like thing that I'm like, am I avoiding this? Like, am I just not look, choosing to look at this? Or is it just I'm being guided in terms of like going with this feeling and just, you know, letting it letting it just take me where it does. Um, so I was just wondering if you had any sort of words for that. Well, it definitely sounds, Sushant, like your practice is deepening. And so a couple of things. One is uh, issues of abundance and prosperity, I have learned, relate to forgiveness. And, and 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 latent feelings of unworthiness. So in A Course in Miracles, it says that in Lesson 68, Love Holds No Grievances, it says in there that those who don't forgive, it is assured that those who forgive will remember who they are, as it is those who don't forgive won't remember who they are. So... Remembering who we are, that we are literally the Son of God, the Christ presence, each and every one of us, all of humanity is the Son of God. So for those who are not really Course in Miracles students, but you dip in, the Son of God is the Christ, and humanity is the Son of God. All of humanity is the Son of God. So, because there's only one. So those who uh, are remembering their true identity are remembering to forgive. And those who are forgetting to forgive are not interested in remembering their true identity. Not at this time. They're more interested in something else, which is usually some form of opinion or judgment. So one, one thing for you to really begin to do is to pay super careful attention to what it is you're thinking. And it really is about getting in that gap. So as I've talked about with this divine alarm clock experience, when you're starting to feel upset, it means that you miss the opportunity to get in the gap, but you can choose again now. So literally what happens is it's uh, our belief systems seem to magnetize into our awareness the thoughts that are congruent with them. So when we're interested in love and compassion as our primary focus, then the thoughts of love and compassion are going to be where our focus and attention is, the thoughts of God, the thoughts of divine inspiration. But when we're holding on to judgments and upsets and regrets and jealousy and thoughts of revenge, and et cetera, et cetera, then we're going to literally be magnetizing into our awareness the thoughts that are congruent with those belief systems, those belief patterns, those false beliefs of separation. So we're looking to get in that gap between the that holy instant where the thought arises in the awareness and you decide to choose it. So it takes real willingness to recognize there is a gap between the thought coming into your awareness and your decision to get on that pain train or to let it pass you by. 
So uh, I, you're, and we can pray, help me to be more aware of the thoughts that I'm thinking. And this is what the workbook of A Course in Miracles is all about, becoming supremely aware of the thoughts that we're thinking. It's so healing. So that's the main thing. And, you know, I, I'll just share with you, because you brought it up a, a couple of weeks ago in a community call about um, whether or not to eat the brownie. Yeah. Yep. So, for instance, if you have the belief that the brownie is not good for you, that sugar is not good for you, why would you eat the brownie? Yeah, you know, I I think you had mentioned, you talked about the brownie a little bit uh, last week, and you'd mentioned that, and I really, like, looked at it, because when you said it, I was like, yeah, she's totally right. And so, you know, I had to, like, go back and start, you know, like, my, my practice this week has been to, like, not label anything as good as, and bad with food, you know? So it's, like, nourishing my body, and it's my belief that this is bad or this is good. And so I'm, I'm still working with that because I've noticed, like, certain judgments coming up. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just, like, the, the thing that you said, it's, like, punishing myself, you know, or this almost, like, um, belief that maybe I'm not going to get there and so if I'm not going to get there, then I might as well just eat this brownie. Exactly. That is great awareness. Yeah. So this is why we bless our food. Like, even if you're going to make a meal of brownies, bless those brownies. Yeah. There's nothing inherently wrong or bad with eating a thing of brownies. You know, I, I yeah. remember the first time uh, I was hanging out with David Hoffmeister in person, we we uh, had a weekend adventure together. We were just hanging out for the weekend. And he, every morning he made a protein shake with chocolate ice cream, chocolate and vanilla mm. ice cream mixed together or something like that. It was ice cream. And I was looking mm. at that and I was thinking, I definitely have thoughts about that. <laughs> you know, I definitely am like, I ice cream for breakfast in your protein shake. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, yeah, those thoughts don't make any sense. I can let that go. I mean, David mm -hmm. is among the happiest, most harmonious, uh, wise and wonderful people I know. Clearly, he his mind is working perfectly. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that it's coming up for me is like, you know, with the prosperity, it's kind of like the story that you shared last week about Liz and Paul. And, you know, like I feel sometimes like Liz when I when I sort of think about the finances and I'm like, okay, I'm checking in, but then I'm like, you know, something tells me like, okay, this week it's been like something's telling me you're being like Liz. And... uh 
I have to like check that to see yeah. if that's the voice, you know, like, am I checking to see like, cause the forgiveness work that I'm doing, Jennifer, like it's so, like it's so great and getting to the core of it. Yeah. And as I'm doing it, there's some, there's a thought that comes into my mind where I've heard this about forgiveness and prosperity being related. And before when this financial situation would come up, I would go into a tailspin and I would just like, really be depressed and stuff, and it doesn't have that same charge. So I know that as I'm releasing with the forgiveness work, that that charge isn't there, and I'm able to, like, be with it and see, but there's still that little, you know, a little bit of that voice that you said that still is keeping, you know, like in Course of Miracles, there's no big or small upset. So the other day when I did my forgiveness work and I was so tired from crying and everything, and this other stuff came up with, having to forgive my aunts for, you know, making certain comments and stuff like this. And I was just so drained. And I I thought to myself, I had this moment of like, yeah, but remember, it's also, it has to do with prosperity. So I was like, okay, well, I better get in, you know, get on this thing and forgive my aunts so I can be prosperous. And I had to just like take a step back and be like, that's not, that's not the space that I'm going to do it from, you know, to get something. And so I know, like, when when it comes to a place of where it comes up naturally, then I'm going to allow it. But I know what you're saying about the forgiveness and prosperity because I I just want to make sure, or, you know, I shouldn't even say make sure, but just wanted to get your insight on this this background sort of low voice of, you know, this this situation is coming up again. Yeah. Well, it's it's really about moving into that stop, look, and listen. You know, look at the circumstances and ask, what is it I'm believing that's creating these circumstances? And the, mm-hmm. But you don't have to know. Remember that. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, sometimes the insight can just come into your mind, and then you can get rid of it right there if you're willing. Uh, that's why I, I place the whole thing on the altar, and then I also add, if there's anything for me to look at or examine, please make it plain with ease and grace so that I can fully have my healing and share the benefits with everyone. And I'll also say to you that it, it's worth having some miraculous, uh, calling for some miraculous experiences. So the divine experiment... Mm-hmm. Read the whole thing, not just yeah. Don't just do the exercise. Read the whole description and introduction to it. I'm not going to go over that again right now, but um, mm-hmm. you know, really practice having divine demonstration. So, for instance, I remember one time I had a very uh, I, I had a financial situation where I thought, okay, I I. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. And I need, uh, what it looks like now is that I need a $1,000 that -hmm. is going to come from somewhere I have no idea where by this date. And I just opened my mind. I'm willing to receive that. And I didn't have a thought in my mind that it couldn't happen. I didn't know how it would happen, but I just, didn't have a thought that it couldn't happen and that it was what I I would like to have happen 
And I've been able mm-hmm. to experience that with so many things. As long as I don't have any belief that it can't happen, it happens. And on the very day that I seemed to need that $1,000, I went to the mail and I opened up and somebody had sent me a tithe for $1,000. Somebody who had never sent me a tithe before. Mm. I remember one time where I thought, I really like to have a new computer because I tend to keep a computer for a long time. And um, so I was like, I'd really like to have a new computer. That would be great. It's time for a new computer. And I thought, I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't know, but I'm willing to have it happen. I'm willing to receive it. And literally, as I was thinking that thought, I went to my mailbox And there was a check for $5,000. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And there are times, you know, because my ministry, yes, I charge money for certain classes, but I give so much away free that the money that I earn from the classes does not pay for everything. So donations help, you know, the contributions that people make, the tithes and offering, uh, you know, are the – the balance that makes a difference that allow me to do things like the Course of Miracles app and the Living of Course of Miracles classes and things like that. So, um, and there are times when I think, hmm, I don't know how I will be able to pay the bills this week. Uh, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work or this month or something like that. And don't you know, the tithes come in that cover what looks like it might be a deficit. So it's about also opening your mind to receive. So start to do everything you can to pay attention to, are you receptive? So if someone says to you, gosh, you look great today, do you push it away? If someone says, let me buy lunch, do you say, no, no, let's split it? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I just had an epiphany when you were talking about that where I I know that I'm a good manifester and I've manifested things, but I think what the thought in my mind is that I have to sort of do everything that I can in my possibility to feel that I've exhausted every resource and then when I feel like I've exhausted every resource and stuff, that's when I can get what I want. But now that, you know, the work that I've been doing that you say, like, where you just say, like, help me Jesus or help me angels, or, you know, like, I've been using it for even small things, like, not just things that feel big or when I feel like I'm tense or I'm worrying, then I'm like, I know that I'm trying to make things happen on my own rather than asking for help in the invisible and I just realized that I don't need to exhaust every resource in the physical world in order to get what I you know deserve or like you know that I feel is mine like you said what is mine is mine uh, that it can just be just the belief because I know that I have the belief and I've had the belief and it's a, it's a belief that's led me to where I am and it's You're just already worthy. getting yeah yeah you don't I'm have to earn worthy. it Exactly. Yeah. It, it's a tremendous, it's the greatest lie ever told that we're powerless or that we have to earn it. 
that we're wrong, we're bad. It's the greatest lie that was ever told. Really, really, it's true. So we, we're looking for the ways in which we buy into that. So that's a really great epiphany. So really being willing to apply that awareness every day and look, you know, with the, join with the Holy Spirit, your higher self, to see all the ways that that is made manifest in your life. Like, you know, do you have to be despondent in order to, you know, or what what other ways is that showing up in your life? And, um, oh, I guess Sushant dropped off. But uh, that's we've got a lot of other people raising their hands here, so I'm going to go to them. We've got someone here in Long Beach raising their hand. Uh, so here we go. I'm unmuting you. Hey there. I think you were referring to Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey there. So, so you were talking about uh, about enlightenment earlier, and um, and my question was, you know, how do you define enlightenment, and how do we know when we've when we when we've gained it or we're getting close? Is it just all these negative thoughts and patterns dissolving themselves, or how would you define that? You know what? It's you know when you are feeling more harmonious, more balanced. Okay. Yep. No problem. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Rob. Sure. I'm also just going to mention, I've just muted you back out before I go to the next person. So, one of the things that is a demonstration of our trust and faith is when we're praying for things. So I went over this in prayer power in the three weeks of the prayer power class, but I'm just going to review it a little bit here. If we're looking to change things in the world of form by praying for things to change, then we're not quite understanding that it's our thoughts that are creating. So our prayer is really to be right-minded about things. Our prayer is to remember the truth about things. Our prayer is to lay the false beliefs on the altar because it's only our false beliefs that block our prosperity. So going back to what Sushant was talking about, it's only our false beliefs that limit our experience of prosperity. The other thing is, is let us surrender the false beliefs that we know what the answered prayer is. We do not know what the answered prayer is. We we don't know until we can see through all directions of time and space. We have no way of knowing what the answered prayer is. So I learned that as a prayer practitioner, I do not pray for things. I pray to know the truth. I pray to express the spiritual qualities and there's a whole big long section in your Masterful Living workbooks about the spiritual qualities that is so helpful to you. I encourage you to do those masterful inquiries on spiritual qualities. So the spiritual qualities of love, harmony, joy, prosperity, 
wholeness, freedom, clarity, purity, creativity, wisdom, and so much more are our true identity. If we're not experiencing the free flow of those spiritual qualities, then it's because our mind is blocking them with a belief in something else, in an opposite belief. So we are shifting our mind. So this is why we don't pray for results and form. We pray to know the truth that sets us free. We pray to align with the truth. And we'll be talking more about that. And next week we'll also get into more about why prayers are not answered. Further uh, understanding as we started to talk about last week with the whole Liz and Paul story. All right, we've got um, Deborah here in Illinois. I'm going to unmute you here. Hey there. Hi. As you were talking uh, about sympathy and empathy and compassion, what crossed my mind, and I'd like to see if we can go deeper with it, is when I finally chose to get a divorce and I started telling people, everybody was saying, I'm so sorry. And I really didn't want them to be sorry for me because I had worked on worked and worked to get clarity and to be sure and to let go and, and know that it was what I was supposed to do. So by the time I made the decision, I knew it was what I was supposed to do. So I don't want them to feel sorry. And so that was the, but I think that's the first time that I really had ever, not that people always said I'm sorry to me, but, you know, that, that I had really said, please don't feel sorry for me. This is a good thing. And, and it had to, and I had to, work through a lot of victim stuff in order to choose what I did. So that made so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, this is the training of the world that um, to look at things, to judge them. And so that's what people just have trained their minds to do. We look at this, oh, this is bad. Oh, this is good. Oh, this should not happen. Oh, this should have happened instead. This is the ego's meaning-making machine mentality that's always operating. So the thing for us to do is, for instance, when people come at us and they say, oh, that's bad, that shouldn't be happening to you, that's wrong, that's not good. And the spiritual student uh, I totally can relate to this, says, get off me with your opinions and your judgments. I don't need that. That's not helpful to me. Don't imprison me with your negativity. You know, but the thing is, is why is somebody saying that to you? What is, why is it happening to you and not to someone else? That's how I learned to work with it. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. learned that if somebody is saying that to me, they're helping me to see where my mind is. So if someone says to me, oh, that's too bad that happened to you, and it bothers me, on some level, I agree with them. 
But if they say, that's too bad, that shouldn't have happened to you, and I'm like, well, I know everything works together for my good, so I'm pretty clear that something wonderful is happening here. You know, and, like, that happens to me all the time, believe me, Mm because things Mm -hmm. that would upset other people happen to me all the time. And I often find myself in a group situation where something is happening that's upsetting to other people and I'm not upset. And I know that it's happening to me so that I can just be a way shower, just give an example of a different mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the flight's mm-hmm. canceled and now people are upset. <clears throat> and, I, and I'll say, and they'll say, well, why aren't you upset about that? And I say, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to meet somebody wonderful that we're going to have a, a healing conversation or maybe I'll make a new friend that if the plane hadn't been canceled, I wouldn't have that experience or I don't know why it's happening, but I don't need to judge it as being bad for me. And then people are like, oh, gosh, I never thought to look at it that way. Mm-hmm. It, you know, mm-hmm. so um I have those experiences all the time. So it's really helpful to be mindful as a spiritual student. If I have an aversion to other people's judgments, then that's my attachment to heal, and I can do my practice and give thanks for it rather than making them wrong. Yeah, I don't know that I felt like I was making them wrong. I was just trying to say... Yeah, no, I'm just giving other people an opportunity to recognize, yeah. yeah. Right. I I mean, I can can relate to that in other situations, you know, but... Yeah. (laughs) This one, that's good to look at. I know, um, you know, as we've gone through this week and I've had, um, it seemed like the next victim opportunity came up after I got divorced in my family. My mom was sick and my sister and I were uh, sort of working together about it and she, um, we had agreed after my dad died that, you know, I was medical power of attorney and she was financial and my mom got sicker and we needed, we needed, I, I stepped in because she needed some advocacy with the medical and and then you know she got more closer to transition and I moved in with her because we had a nursing home incident that I just decided it was easier for me to take care of her myself and, and then deal with the nursing home crises thing but my sister never really stepped up to the financial part. And even <clears throat> at some point I had said, I had called a lawyer for something and had just mentioned, you know, she is the power of attorney, right, for finances and she's not doing anything. And he, he offered to talk to her. And at the time I said, no, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want any more stress. I didn't say it that way, but I just thought, no, I'll just do it. <clears throat> and so when it would get really too much, I would make a list and call her up and say, this needs to be done, and she would come and do it. But she was never really hearted, wholehearted about it. 
And after my mom passed, and I said to her, you know, what was the deal with you not helping? And she said, I said, you were the financial power of attorney. And she said, I never agreed to that. (laughs) I was so upset that she hadn't been helping. And, I mean, I learned that she didn't remember she was grieving so much when my dad passed. She didn't remember agreeing to be that. So, you know, I understand that from a logical standpoint, but I am still so upset that she didn't help. (laughs) How do I let go of that? I mean, I could have said yes to the lawyer, and it could have been different, but for whatever reason, I I didn't. I couldn't. You know, it's just, it's, there is that victim thing playing again, but I'd like to catch it quicker mm-hmm. and be able to heal it. And I started telling the story again this weekend when my aunt called. I, I haven't. And how did you it. feel when that, when you started doing that? I felt terrible, and then <clears throat> I. You know, and I knew it was because I told the story and why I, I was getting hooked into the victim stuff again. But but when we hung up, I couldn't get out of it. I couldn't until Sunday when my prayer partner and I connected. And when I and we talked about our week and our successes and breakthroughs and things, and I talked about my incident with my sister telling the story again with my aunt and how I've been just in this funk for one day and when we prayed I felt the energy come through and yeah. I shifted and I was peaceful you know <clears throat> but you know, so my these... mom died in 2011 so it's taken me three years to learn how to get at least out of it now I'd like to not even get into it yeah so this is this is great learning so focus on the good and release any idea that time has been wasted because that just makes it all so real and when we think time has been wasted right alongside it is I'm stupid, I'm bad, I'm wrong it should have been different, it's somebody else's fault it's not mine or I'm a loser blah 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 all that stuff We because the healing can only happen in the now moment Love can only be experienced in the now moment. And if we start going into the past, into the blame and the shame and the uh, thoughts of waste, we're not in the now anymore. We're reviewing the past. Mm-hmm. And I do, I do think I should have done it different. You know, when am I going to get this? When yeah, am I going to get this? Now. Now. If you're yeah. asking the question, when am I going to get this? You're not thinking it's happening now. Right. So that's one of the key thoughts. And we've got a few other people raising their hands who are over time, so I'm going to um, just uh, tie this up here. But mm-hmm. one of the key, key things that the ego loves to say to us is that, you know, when am I going to get this? I'm so far away. But 
the holy instant is always here available for us. It just requires our willingness. So if I'm thinking, when is this ever going to change for me? What do I have to do? If we're thinking that, then we're not available. Just We keep going back to, I'm willing for my healing now. I'm available for love now. I'm surrendering my attachments to the past now. Now, 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 now. So this is, everybody picks something that they learn these lessons with. This is what you picked. Mm-hmm. Nobody's lessons are any more beautiful or stinky than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're all one. Mm-hmm. So we each have our part of the curriculum, which is perfectly designed for us. Let's embrace it rather than judge it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was really helpful. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Okay, we've got Allison here raising her hand. Hey, Allison. Hey, Jennifer. Um, I was just going to comment on something that I noticed by doing this work and practicing these principles really changed, and I didn't realize it until we got home from the retreat, which was when I was driving the van and I sent everybody through the roof. And including our beloved teacher, Jennifer, I had to roll over a um, speed bump, and I didn't see it. So in my rearview mirror, I saw the whole back seat of the van, like, fly up in the air. And there were some comments, like, ah, ooh, ow. Um, And instead of going and beating myself up, which I would have normally done, it it wasn't like I didn't care. I mean, of course, you know, nobody was hurt or anything, but I didn't beat myself up. There was no intention to hurt anyone. I didn't feel that shame. Um, I had, I didn't have to apologize a million times. It just was like over. I mean, there was nothing to put attention to, and that is a huge shift for me. Yeah, beautiful. And it's so great. I mean, it's not like when someone says like, "What is enlightenment?" or, or "What does that a shift feel like?" You know, I can't explain it because it just happens and. I didn't realize that how much attention I would have put on that incident until I got home and realized that I hadn't put any more thought into it than the actual what it was. It was just a, and it all turned out to be kind of light and funny. Um, so it really does just shift, and in a way that you're not even aware of just by practicing. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I'm very grateful. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. So good stuff, man. So Thank you. Sure you. That. Okay. Yes. Take care, everyone. Yeah. All right. So we've got someone here in Georgia. Hey there. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi. This is Maggie. Hey, Maggie. Hi. I uh, I first just wanted to thank you for the. I had an aha moment when you were talking about compassion versus sympathy and empathy. And um, that was just really helpful to me, and I, I really feel I'm able to apply that in a current situation with someone that I'm managing who has gone through a really terrible year but is sort of um, self-sabotaging herself right now in terms of her work mm-hmm. and sort of just trying to figure out that place of feeling so, con- you know, so sympathetic or empathic or related to what you said about that, you know, just feeling what she's feeling, but then also having these 
you know, responsibilities as a manager and, you know, the work's not getting done. She's starting work one to two hours late. She's lying about where she is and just sort of, and I realized this point about compassion just really struck me with the truth of that because I realized at first when she started acting that way, I was really taking it personal. You know, how dare she do this to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually I said, you know, I really got to let go of these judgments, and but I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to address the situation if I let go of that. Mm-hmm. And it was really powerful because what I realized was that actually I was able to see it so much more clearly when I did let go of that because I was able to see this this isn't personal and I she still is a child of God, but this just isn't working and that doesn't mean anything about her soul or my soul. You know, I don't have, like, for God to be present, this particular situation doesn't have to work the way that I maybe initially thought. Mm. Um, and so... Just being able to, that, that what you said about compassion is really powerful for me, kind of the concept that, in fact, the worst thing I could do for her is believe what she's believing about herself. Yes. And, you know, so that, I just wanted to share that, you know, with the group. And um, also kind of in the spirit, people were just going on um, sharing moments where they felt like they were able to apply things. Um I've had a dynamic for a long time, you know, with my husband where, you know, he likes to have alone time and do all these amazing projects around the house. And I will often take it personal and he's rejecting me. He doesn't love me. He'll never want to spend time with me. I I just go into this. And it's been painful the more that I'm aware of that in a way. Um, But it's also been really helpful and I... I feel like I had an example this weekend where we were supposed to go somewhere together and he wanted to keep working on this project and I had this moment where I was like, see, you know, <laughs> he doesn't want to spend time with you. No, you know, just a little, the pain train, I guess you would say, this rubbing up engines. Yep. And I, you know, I took a shower and I said, you know, I can see how this afternoon is playing out, how I'm going. I'm going to go to this by myself. I'm going to feel like a loser. I'm going to, you know, I just said, I don't want, I see this path, and I don't want to go on this path. And I said, well, you know, maybe I could just take responsibility for taking this personal. Yeah. And just own that part of it to him. And I went outside where he was working, and I just kind of hung around him and kind of helped him, held the boards for him a few times. He could screw things in. And before I could even apologize, he said, you know, why don't why don't I just kind of clean up and, you know, we can all go together. And it was just interesting, not that you're always going to get your way, you know, but if I hadn't shifted my energy, I, I don't think that, I do think that created space for something else to happen because I had already, it was already on the path in my mind at first. You know, I was already creating that same track. Um so I just kind of want to share that personal example because I find it so, so helpful when you share kind of real-life, you know, examples, you know, from your own life. So I just wanted to thank you for the compassion distinction and um, share that example. Well, thank you for your sharing, Maggie. That's great. Really helpful. 
beautiful. All right. I am going to mute you out, Maggie. And uh, we're way over time here. So uh, we've got two more people who'd like to share. I'm going to ask you to be brief and concise. And uh, here we go. Someone in Rancho Bernardo. Hello. Hi. Hi, Jennifer. This is Vicky. Hi, Vicky. Hello. Um, I just want to share because um, I read the uh, book, The uh, Zero Limits, that you recommended mm-hmm. um, last week. So I read the book, and um, I came based by listening to uh, Dr. Han, you know, the uh, Hopo, Honopopo, I don't know, I cannot remember how to pronounce it, but just inspired on his prayer, what I realized is that um, I was able to create one for me, and I just want to share that with you and the group because I have found it, like, very beneficial. And I know that each person will come to their own conclusions and finding what it works best individually. Mm-hmm. But because we are a collective, I still want to share share it. So um, basically, I feel like it's another way to surrender when we have those thoughts that create any separation for our own divinity. And uh, when we start feeling that fear, worry, anxiety that you were talking about, I immediately, what I say is, um, I am sorry for believing, and then it's the blank, whatever I was believing at that moment, and feeling into the illusion of separation. And then I allow my heart to really just draw my own light and my own divinity and bring that harmony and that centeredness that you were speaking about And it's just amazing how quickly, when there is willingness in the heart, that the shift can happen. And uh, it's just uh, by coming to that prayer, I have been surrendering pretty much, I don't know, very often throughout the day, every time that my mind gets caught up with a thought that brings that separation and I know because if I feel upset in any ways I know that that's not me so I get the opportunity to say my prayer and open up my heart to to bring my light into it and surrender to that beautiful beautiful practice thank you for sharing that Vicki thank you Jennifer Mm-hmm. All right. And Judy. Hi. Hi. Um, I also wanted to say, it really, I really appreciate the way you put things, the words you use, the examples, because some of these things I've heard, you know, or even done in the past, that it just, it helps me to be able to um, understand it better and apply it better and just things like the example about how to say it to someone um, if they say something that you don't really feel that way about it so that it doesn't sound confrontational or like you're correcting them. That was really helpful. But um, I uh, put the star two in when you were talking about the food and the um, money, you know, mm-hmm. and I had an aha moment about both of those. Um, but also 
I heard a really good example about um, enlightenment, that you know you're enlightened when you stop having to ask the question. <laughs> that, that was really helpful to me, I think. Um, but on the body, I mean, the food part, for me, a lot of that has to do with my body and how I feel about my body. And um, some, some, one of my issues it doesn't, isn't even something somebody else sees, but I, I have to work at that, accepting and loving that part of me. And um, then I think that translates into foods and what's going to make that worse or better. But um, there's a really good example of that on, uh, there's an ad on TV about an app for the iPhone that helps you keep track of your calories and everything. And each person is saying what they did that was really good and they only ate that many calories or they did this much exercise. And then one of the people, one of the, one person says, um, I ate a uh, funnel cake today with something on it. And the other guy said, that's not good. And he said, it was good. It was really good. <laughs> and uh, that, to me, that sounded like kind of what you were talking about. And then the thing about the money that um, I had the issue with is um, I've had experiences where I had less money and I felt more grateful than I did when I had more money. I appreciated it yep. more. But um, what I do when I ask for things or not ask for things, when I try to open myself up to things or accept things, is I minimize what I'm willing to have happen. So I won't ask, just open myself up to whatever um, amount of abundance is available. I'll just ask a little bit because, you know, I don't, I haven't accepted that I'm worth more than that. So, mm. Yep. Well, that is really good awareness. Very good awareness. And are you willing to shift that? Yes. I know that you <laughs> I'm, are. I'm, I'm working on that. Yeah. yeah. I'm working in general on self, self-acceptance and loving myself. To me, that's the harder part. It's kind of the base of any other judgments I make. So, Yes, and it plays right into that. So, yeah, those are good good reminders of, you know, yeah. what, what I am working on. Yeah. Very helpful. Thank you, Judy. Well, you're very helpful. Thank you. <laughs> like attracts like. All right, we've got one last question from Kathy Henry. She wrote in here, uh, would you please talk about the difference between detachment and denial? So detachment is really when we don't know what anything is for, but we are interested. Detachment is when we're saying, oh, I feel upset by this, but I'm not going to make it real. I'm not going to invest in that upset. So it's really detaching from the belief system. A denial is, I don't want to feel that. I'm, I, I'm going to pretend that isn't happening I'm going to ignore that ignoring things generally doesn't help because the wise person doesn't need to ignore anything the masterful person doesn't need to ignore anything you take it into your awareness it's there for you to have a healing or to hold the high watch over to know the truth about everything is happening to you for the highest and best for the very good of all so why would you deny that anything is happening but detachment is really about 
detaching from being emotional. Whereas I, I feel that really the best path for me is to be aware of all of that, uh, not in denial, and to be aware, oh, um, some upset is coming up for healing. I don't have to detach from it, um, but but really to take it as my healing opportunity. So what I'm offering is a slightly different path than the path of detachment. I think it's it's more healing because we can detach from our emotions uh, intellectually, but that doesn't mean we're going to have a healing. Being in denial doesn't help us. So uh, great question. And... Uh, I, I was going to talk some about something that I don't have any time left to talk about, and that is for the Masterful Living students, there's a bonus class tomorrow, and if you can't participate tomorrow, you can, you'll can you get the audio in your podcast. So I'm sending out an email about that, and I'll post in the Facebook group as well. All right, so wow, what a rich and full class. I invite you to place your hand on your heart. And to take a breath of love and gratitude with me. Let's be so grateful and so thankful for the love of God that is our true nature, that is healing us now. So grateful and so thankful that the power and the presence of perfect love is healing us right now because we're willing, because we're actively choosing it. In grace and gratitude, we surrender all belief and lack and limitation, and we open ourselves to place our trust and faith in the living, loving presence of God that we already are. So grateful, so thankful to recognize we're already as holy as holy can be. We're accepting that for ourselves and for all beings because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Also a reminder, next week our class will be at a different time. I believe it's going to be at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock in the UK, because that's where I will be in the UK. I'll be in England, and I'm going to let uh, the folks in the U.K. know, and uh, hopefully we can have a gathering together in London. I'm only going to be there for a week, so I'll, I'll let the know, you know the details in Facebook and by email. And I love you. Mwah! Have a great week.